As a traveler, it's a fact. You're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where Wise comes in. Wise is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. When we think about having more freedom, whether it's to travel or to do something else we want to do in life, we think about having more options and more flexibility, right? But is it possible that having constraints and being boxed in a little bit actually creates more freedom? That is a question that comes up in today's show, and I'll share some thoughts on that later. Plus, how can you actually grow a location-independent or digital nomad business so it earns you enough money to travel? My guest is here today to share five tips to help you out, and we've got loads more coming up next, right now. Buckle up. Strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Well, hello there, my friend. It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for allowing me to bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Winter is here in Norway. I'm seeing my breath for the first time, and I'm already plotting my escape this winter, thinking maybe Mexico, somewhere in Mexico is the idea, preferably a place where there's a little surfing, a little beginner surf break. If you have any recommendations, feel free to hit me up anytime. And if you're listening to the show for the first time, welcome to this beautiful caravan of lovely travel-loving souls from around the world. Thanks for being a part of this listening community as I approach my fifth year anniversary show. First show I published was back in November 2013, which is insane. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for keeping me going, for being the fuel to the fire that is the Zero to Travel podcast, and got plenty of exciting stuff coming at you for the rest of the year and into the next year and beyond. Uh, I'm just so thrilled to have the opportunity to host this show, but this is your show, my friend. This is a community-powered show. It's your platform, so if you ever have any advice or guests you want me to bring on, just get in touch. I'm on Twitter at Zero to Travel, or you can email me, Jason, at ZeroToTravel.com. Got a couple things before we get into today's show, and we're going to give a shout-out later to somebody in the community. First, want to thank Tortuga for supporting today's show, Tortuga Backpacks. If you go to ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga, 
what you're going to find is my recommendations for travel gear. And with the holidays coming up, whether you're looking for a gift for a traveler whom you love or you're looking to get a little travel gear for yourself, hey, it's nice to buy yourself a little something too. Give yourself your own little holiday present. Uh, you can go again to that link and see my recommendations and get 10% off with the promo code travel. When you enter the promo code, just the word travel, when you check out, you can get 10% off anything you order over at Tortuga. They've got incredible backpacks for any length trip uh, or any type of traveler. Really, if you just do weekend excursions, they have smaller, more minimal packs like that, all the way up to more heavy duty packs like the Outbreaker, which is the one I use the most. And I've been using the Tortuga set out recently around town and they got packing cubes and a whole bunch of great stuff. Just go to the link, 10% off with the promo code travel. Thanks to them for supporting this show and continuing to support travelers around the world with awesome products. And also want to quickly thank AeroPress, my preferred coffee maker. Where do I get my coffee every morning? I make it at home with the AeroPress. If you go to AeroPressInc.com, that's A-E-R-O Press Inc. Com. You got to take a look at this thing. It's just a small press that is easy to travel with, really, for perfect for road trips and camping and that sort of thing. You could even throw it in your backpack if you wanted to take it with you on a longer-term trip. What you're taking with you is not just a device, but a delicious cup of coffee that you can make anywhere. This thing is awesome. It's a part of my daily life. I use it every day to make coffee, which is why I sound so jacked up right now, because I'm already fully caffeinated. <laughs> anyway, AeropressInc.com. You can pick one of these up for 35 bucks at the time of this recording. That's, what, four coffees? Four fancy coffees, maybe, or five at your local coffee shop. If you order those Frappuccino things with all of the accoutrements, maybe that's the price of one cup of coffee, <laughs> depending on where you go. Anyway, check them out. AeropressInc.com. Thanks to them for supporting this show. Now, I was excited to bring on my guest today. She's always a pleasure to chat with and had some great insights into actually growing a location independent business because oftentimes a lot of people that I, I talk to are a little stuck in the beginning stages where, okay, you have something or maybe you're about to create something, but it's not earning you enough income so you can travel. So you want to have that location independent income. So you can be a digital nomad and live on the road or at least just have a home base and travel whenever you want. That's key. So I brought my friend Natalie back on the show who just finished her latest book called The Freedom Plan, Redesign Your Business to Work Less, Earn More, and Be Free. And you're going to hear five tips straight out of that book during this interview. And if you want to get Natalie's free course around some of the strategies she shares today, you can just go to thefreedomplan.co check out her course and pre-order her book. Let's get into this. And on the other side, I'm going to talk about how constraints might be able to create more freedom. Natalie and I touch on it, and I want to expand on that a little bit. Plus, give a shout out to somebody in the Zero to Travel community. It's all happening at the end of the show. So stick around for that. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the other side, my friend. One of the things I talk about on this show is funding your travels by having your own location-independent business. But I know a ton of people out there who work full-time and they're trying to build something on the side, but it's not earning enough to allow them to travel. So 
How can you actually grow your side hustle or your side passion project into a real location-independent business that earns you enough income to have the freedom to travel the world? My guest today is here to share five ways you can do it. And these strategies are pulled from her new book, The Freedom Plan, Redesign Your Business to Work Less, Earn More, and Be Free. You can check it out at thefreedomplan.co, and we'll leave links in the show notes as well. And don't worry if you don't have a business just yet, you should still stay tuned because even if you want to work for someone remotely at some point, or maybe you want to do something someday in the future, this list is going to help you think about how you could design your lifestyle and your business into something that works with your travel lifestyle and that travel lifestyle that you want to live. And I'm thrilled to welcome her back to the show, my favorite Kiwi and freedomist, Natalie Sisson from nataliesisson.com. Welcome back to the Zero to Travel podcast, Natalie. I am so excited to be here. It's a complete (laughs) honor as always. We were bantering a little bit before the show about uh, what's up? What's up with your uh, hatred towards emojis? You don't like emojis anymore? What's going on? I just, I feel like, (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'm too much of an adult these days. I always thought, yeah, they're just they're being overused. That's they're, what's up. With. They're being over. Are there not enough emojis to represent your emotions? You, you need deeper level emojis. Is that? <laughs> I just yeah, maybe there's too many. I don't know. Well, I had a quick question for you because we're going to get into this list, and we have a ton of value stuff to share with you today uh, from your new book. But I noticed you know, because we're friends and I, I know what you have going on, that you you were the suitcase entrepreneur and you still have that website up, but then you went to your own sort of personal brand. And I was just curious, personally, how that switch has been for you. Uh, well, it was initially really tough. <laughs> and then it's been probably one of the best shifts ever. Um, but so last year, it was a complete 180 degree shift in my life. You know it, you saw it. I went from the single traveling entrepreneur with my business to buying a house, getting into a relationship with an awesome man, getting a puppy and going on a business sabbatical, which I will say I won't advise to your listeners. That's just way too much life change in one hit. And what it did is it left me kind of wondering what the heck and also really questioning uh, my sense of identity because everything that was my identity really kind of flew out the window for a while there. Um, And I, yeah, I think that was a little bit too much change. And so I had to wallow in that for a little. I had to reflect, like, what have I actually done? Where have I been? What value have I added? Um, Just was a really pretty tough time. I'm not going to lie. And at the same time, just being really blessed with this amazing new lifestyle and the freedom that came with it, but really letting that sink in and getting used to it in many ways. So it was tough, but rewarding. Yeah, we did talk about that pretty in depth on a, on a previous podcast. If you want to hear what it's like to go from this nomad life to settling down, we had a great conversation around that. That was one of my favorite conversations I've had just around that topic. So you can listen to that in the archives. With the branding thing, just a quick question before we get in, because this is a question I get a lot, is people struggle with, okay, should I make it my name or should I have some kind of a brand? And as we're brainstorming and going through these things, I thought that might be a good place to start because... I know that's a big debate for some people. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think the only reason I went with nataliesisson.com is because I couldn't come up with anything better. No, I kid you not. I kid you. I actually, well, but, it was because... <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I mean, you've, you know, you've done some speaking and you have your name out there already, so maybe it, it might be a bit different. But what about for somebody starting out? 
Yeah, I think, and I just want to define that because for me it was strategic, as you said. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a podcaster, I do vlogs. And so for me to stand behind my own name and build myself as a personal brand seemed like the right timing. And under that, I can have other businesses that are still aligned to my personal mission of freedom. So for people who are starting out, the question I always ask them is, uh, will the brand that you are wanting to build allow you to have umbrella brands, so sub-brands under it, that still make sense to your overall mission and story? And if that's a yes, then go with it. And if that's a no, then it's most likely best to go under your own name because at the end of the day, you are the only you out there and you can start a myriad of businesses or projects under that name, um, but you can't sell yourself if that makes sense so if it makes sense to have it as a brand that is sellable I guess that's the the outcome that you want is it something you want to have longevity with and that you own and control because it's yours or is it something you'd eventually like to sell that's great advice and of course some people's names get so big that they become brands themselves eventually which is an interesting thing a different thing but okay and no, I appreciate you sharing that and we have a ton to share on these five tips to grow your side hustle, your location-independent business, the thing you're thinking about doing, whatever it is, to get to the point where you can actually earn enough to take it on the road. So let's start with tip number one. You have a perfect day exercise, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think the number one reason why most people aren't living the lives that they want, whether they're in a career, whether they're freelancing, whether they have a business, is because they've never actually thought about how they'd wake up and spend their perfect day. And I, I know you have, Jace, and it's changed a lot, right? Like you can have a couple of perfect days. You can have the perfect day when you're traveling the world. You can have the perfect day maybe when you're on location in your favorite spot. And you can have the perfect day if you want to be at home. But to actually know exactly how you want to spend your time, how you want to feel, who you want to hang out with, what you want to be working on, what fun you want to have, if you don't have a really clear picture of that in your mind, then how are you going to work towards making it a reality every day? And it blows my mind and astounds me the number of people who have no idea how to answer that question when I ask them. If you could, if there were no limits, no monetary constraints, and you could wake up tomorrow doing whatever the heck you wanted, how would you spend your day? People are like, oh, you know, I, I'd sleep in a little. And I was like, that's great. What about waking up next to the ocean and this incredible like apartment view and going for a swim and your um, just infinity pool that overlooks the sunrise? And people are like, oh, right, I get it. So it's just, you know, whatever's important to you. But it makes such a difference. And a lot of people will say to me, well, how does that become my reality? And the point is, I don't know if you know this, Jace, but our minds can't tell the difference between imaginary and reality. So the more we imagine exactly how we want to be spending our time and what we want to be doing, the more likely the mind is to believe that and the more it actually starts to play that out. So it becomes your new defined reality, which is spooky. Yes, and it sounds like infinity pools are a part of that reality for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> no, but the, uh, the takeaway there, I think, is thinking big, right? And not just, oh, I want to sleep in and enjoy my coffee later, which actually, from a daily perspective those are some of the things that are the sweetest, right? Like for me, not having to wake up to an alarm clock and being able to enjoy my coffee and not having to rush out the door and, you know, just watching everybody rush out the door, but kind of sitting on my kitchen table, <laughs> enjoying my coffee. Uh, it's those small things that are a big deal too. And um, yeah, I've, I've written those things out and kind of done these in-depth, you know, visions of, of what an ideal day would, would be like. So I do, I think that's great advice. And if you haven't done that, you should do it because you might be surprised what comes out. Natalie, I was thinking actually the other day, and, and maybe I was, I don't know, in tune with what you were going to say during this interview, but I was thinking, 
holy crap, uh, my days are pretty sweet. You know, <laughs> like I had recorded some podcasts. I get to have awesome conversations with people like you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I get to wake up and do creative work like most of the day. And that's something I've always wanted to do and get to do it from anywhere. So I was like kind of patting myself on the back like, yay, I have living parts of my ideal day without the infinity pool, though. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's brilliant though, right? And, and for some people, it's just the most simple things like getting to curl up and read a book. Like I took a massage today. I had a massage at 3.30 because I could. You know, I'll take the afternoon off and I'll go on a hike um, or just cool things that just give you so much freedom. And as you say, you go out and you see these people sitting in commuter traffic and getting stuck in the normal, uh, like, frustrating times of the day when shops are open and only open at the time when everybody else is normally working still blows my mind that that happens and just thinking you know what I can go to the supermarket which is weird for me to say but I can go to the supermarket at the quietest time of the day I can go to adventure parks when there's no lines because I get to go on Tuesday morning for example I can go to the (laughs) movies whenever I want when there's nobody there I mean it's yeah it's pretty cool I hate when I inadvertently go somewhere or I have to because it's an appointment and I couldn't control like when the appointment was and it's during rush hour or some time that I would never want to do anything. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I just go crazy. I'm like, how do you people do this every day? <laughs> exactly. But it makes you appreciate, right? That you don't totally. have to. Totally. That's a great step one here in terms of strategies, the perfect day exercise. Step two, one page business plan. How yeah. does that work? So, uh, <laughs> most people who are starting out or even have an idea, right? I get they, they usually get the advice that they should write a business plan. And that's what banks often say, bring me your business plan. Uh, and it's the sort of 20 to 30 or 50 page document that's pretty lousy because I think the main reason behind any business plan is to plan and to do some research so that you actually have some feasibility, right? But nobody looks at the 20 page, nobody reads it, you don't read it, you don't refer back to it. Yet, we all know that having a plan gives you a clear sense of direction and focused actions. So my one-page business plan literally fits into one page, and I'm super happy to give you the template um, for your listeners because I just want people to use it. Um, And it is as simple as stating your business name, which is the first thing to fill in because I always think it's important to be able to fill something in easily. (laughs) That gets you started. And then going through into what is my mission, So, you know, hopefully you have a statement that's kind of like who you want to serve and why that's important. Uh, And then setting just three, up to three, not even three if you don't want, big goals for the next 12 months or you could make it the next three months because a lot of people can only work to three months or even the next six months. Like three goals that are going to help you grow your business or earn more money. And then you set objectives for those, which does sound a bit tricky, but it's not. It's kind of like if your goal is I would like to increase my revenue on my online course by 10%, then you need an objective. So how are you going to do that? So therefore, you probably need to increase your email list and maybe you need to run some targeted advertising and maybe you need to do a joint venture, just as examples, right? So you've got three things to back up that goal to make it more of a reality. Because I get so many people like, I want to earn six figures in revenue. And I'm like, great, let's map out what you currently make and, and where those revenue streams come from. And what's possible and they often add them up and it's like oh bummer I can only make currently $50,000 if I do this really well and suddenly their dreams seem dashed and I'm like well hang on a minute let's look at other future revenue streams and other options and which of these could you drop and which of these could you scale which of these could you charge more for and what would it take to have you know double what you're making from them right now and it once again kind of blows my mind that most people can't tell me how much they're earning or how much they're spending 
to run their project or their side hustle or their side gig. I mean, do you know, Jess? I mean, I think you're pretty good with us now, but when we first used to talk, you were like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I probably was a bit like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I have a bookkeeper we work with from our community. And so, he, you know, we have it all in this program called Xero. It's X-E-R-O uh, dot com, which is a bookkeeping. Thing. I think it's a New Zealand company, actually. It's a New Zealand company. I was about to say, really? You're preaching to the converted. It's yeah. beautiful account software made some. <laughs> Yeah, it's gorgeous. And Xero is incredible because it shows digital nomads, well, I prior was, I used to never take into account currency conversion fees and all the money I was losing on those things. Also, just all the, like if you actually add in your travel as well, if you want, and you take a salary from your business, it's incredible how many more expenses are listed out in Xero that I think I used to miss off my own little basic spreadsheet. So it gives you a very clear idea of where you're at. I don't have a track perfectly though. It's a little confusing with living in Norway and I can't, you know, my personal stuff I need to get sorted. So that's an issue, but I'm getting motivation here during this podcast right now because it is good to know, you know, how much you're putting into it. And um, I love the idea of the one page business plan, just kind of distilling it down. So it's not an overwhelming thing, but you're still creating a plan. For yourself, plan right? and you're seeing it really clearly and you can get excited because the, the other bits that I didn't mention that are in there are future revenue streams, which is you, where you get to dream big and go, oh, well, what if I created this thing and what if it did well? And the final bit is actually all about you. It's like why you're awesome. You put in your credentials, you put in your qualifications, you put in courses that you've taken and completed. And that I love looking at because when I was starting out, I'd look back on my plan and go, there's no way I'm going to make this happen. And then I'd look down at my little why I'm awesome awesome section and uh, go, wait a minute. No, no, I do have skills and I do have knowledge. And oh, I forgot about that, you know, volunteer certificate over here. But it all counts because we are the sum of everything that we learn and know and continue to learn throughout life. And that is valuable to other people. Yeah. And I think the thing to remember, too, is especially if you want to travel long term or full time for whatever period of time that depending on where you go, it might cost you even 60%, 70% less to live. So when you're creating your business plans and everything, I, I think, you know, you look at, okay, well, I have to scale my business to six figures before I can quit my job and leave. But you take a look at where you're going and what the cost of living is there and how long you're going to be gone because chances are, you know, a lot of places you don't need that much money to live. And I'm sure you found that during your years of 100%. Roaming. It's actually cheaper, I think, sometimes to travel full time than people realize than, yeah. than staying in a place. Because when we moved into this house, I was like, whole, once again, holy crap, like look at how much our outgoings are. We have a big mortgage now. We have um, dogs to look after. We have chickens to feed. We have like just maintenance and all the stuff that I was like, man, it was so much easier being location independent. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you just, yeah, you're free from all yeah, that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You're just like, you know what? Hey, this month I'm going to live somewhere in this place for 300 bucks instead of, you know, whatever the thousand dollar mortgage. And then you can just skip around and kind of manage your budget as you go. So that is a beautiful thing about being able to wander. And, you know, those chickens just sucking <laughs> up all your money. Actually, they're really chicken. yeah, that's chickens. Not, that's not the point. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. No, they they give us amazing eggs, which actually save us money. So it's a good deal. They're a profitable. They're a profitable okay. venture. <laughs> it must be pretty sweet to walk outside and pick up your eggs for breakfast. Oh, so good. <sighs> I love that idea. I love eggs. Okay, strategy number three. Something that's always fun is making money while you mm -hmm. sleep. Um, <laughs> 
Which, uh, yeah, we had to sexy this up a little bit because it is something that you can do if you do this thing properly. And, and it's, it's one way to do it. And do you want to share what it is? Yeah, I think it's monetizing your knowledge in a live event that people pay for, which scares the bejesus out of a lot of people. But it is t- I've challenged so many people to do it. I call it the seven-day challenge from sort of zero to launch. And it, essentially, we all have skills and talents and knowledge that is valuable to somebody else. We just don't always know how to package that or put it across. So my challenge to you listening is to think about one thing that people often tell you you're really good at, but you just you don't value it because it comes naturally to you. And then sounds odd, but you basically think, well, how could I teach this to people? How could I put up a simple landing page or even just advertise it on Facebook and say, hey, everybody, this Friday, I'm running a live 30 minute or 60 minute training. And I'm going to teach you these three things. And here's the awesome title of my training and have a simple link to a payment button that links to an email list and they pay in advance and then you do your most awesome job of teaching them these three things that you said and voila you now have a product that you can continue to sell on your website or facebook or whatever you have going on but it works because it's beautifully simple and i'm even talking it might be 20 bucks but there's people out there who are going to be like oh you know i've always wanted to know how to do origami or I've always wanted to know how to do acrylic painting or wow, I've always wanted to know how to use my Excel spreadsheet more efficiently. It can be as simple as that, but there's always going to be a market out there for something that you can teach them to do more quickly and more easily. And it works. And people like push back and they're like, no, it's too scary. Oh my gosh, I can't charge. And then they went and made like a thousand dollars and you know, a week and they're like, oh, this is how you do it. (laughs) And then once you have that product, we can go into strategy number four because you want to kind of be able to sell that while you're doing other things and traveling around, right? So These are great strategies. Yeah, so then you want to build a sales funnel, a sexy sales funnel as I like to call it, which is something that puts what you've just done on automation, on repeat mode so that you don't have to continue to put out all the energy to do it. And that's simplifying it like crazy because there's noise there's a lot more to it but once you actually have a pretty simple sales funnel in place it can just keep going and keep making you money you can put some advertising towards it once you know your ads work and that funnel builds your list and those people buy your little product um it's a really lovely recurring revenue stream that you do not need to really manage or put too much effort into and once you have one of those you can multiply those or you can build in other things that as the person goes through your sales funnel they buy the next thing and the next thing that takes them on their journey um and it's it's so logical to me, yet I often have struggled with this in the past. Like, oh, I can't put anything in front of them for sale. And, oh, then I've already sold to them. I shouldn't really sell to them again. But the point is, once you're enrolled and once you like somebody and once you're getting value from them, you want more things from them. And if they don't offer it to you, they're going to go somewhere else for it. So you might as well be the one-stop shop. Yeah, and the infrastructure just involves working with some kind of email marketing provider and uh, sending automated emails usually so when people sign up for your email list uh, then they go through a series of emails and that's kind of what you're referring to as as the sales funnel right just the the process of introducing them like teaching them some things and introducing them to your product eventually and giving them the opportunity to buy it um and meanwhile these emails are going out automatically because that's how the program works you, you can set it up to go out whenever you want. So somebody might sign up and you might schedule seven emails to go out over like a three week period. And like the last two emails, you know, give them, 
your offer. So actually a really good strategy is education, education, offer, education, education, offer, education, offer. I mean, it sounds a bit odd, but I think a lot of what people do is they hold off for way too long and people actually want to know upfront. So you can tell a really great story and teach and make an offer in a very beautiful way that doesn't feel sleazy at all because you've got to understand where the person's at in their journey. And they might be like, just give me the damn thing already. Um, so <laughs> you've got to put it in front of them more often than you think and earlier than you think as well. Something that gets lost is that you get into these terms like sales and funnels and things and people can be like, Ew, that sounds gross. But, but you do things with your own style, right? With your own flair and you can do it however you want because it's your thing. That's one thing I've always loved about having my own, you know, businesses and brands and things like that because I can, I can write what I want. I can do what I want and I can do it and it can be me and it doesn't have to feel weird. And also if you know you have something that's going to help people, then by not offering it to them, you're actually doing them a disservice. And I know that's something we've talked about before. So just, I don't know, try, try it out. All you can do is try and think some things work, some things don't. When you find something that works, that's, that's pretty nice because it helps everybody. <laughs> okay, the last thing, how to free up your time, which is, of course, is the ultimate question for not only people that are like side hustling and doing this thing on the side now and trying to build it up, but... Once you're out there traveling, you of course, you also want more time to explore. And also, this strategy can also be something that can earn you more money, depending on the, how you do it. It's a big topic. And do you want to share what it is? Yeah, it's called outsourcing. Outsourcing. Or building a dream team. Hiring other which people. Which I think you do really well. Both of you two do really well with your businesses. And it's absolutely imperative because what I see so many people is they start a business or a side hustle, they get super excited before they know they're working all the freaking time. They're earning less than they did before. They're working instead of traveling and enjoying. And it's because they're trying to do everything themselves. And when I've spent money and invested in contractors and none of my team, and I have about seven people on my team, none of them are full time. Some of them do a couple of hours a week. Some do 10. Um, but they absolutely save me time and make me money because I get to focus on the stuff that I'm really good at and they get to take over all the stuff that I really dislike or I've been doing before and know how to do, but it's easy and other people can take it off me and it frees up my time. Well, I mean, what is the advice you give to somebody that's usually bootstrapping and a lot of digital nomads are solopreneurs. They're kind of doing it on their own and they inevitably they get to a point where, you know, oh, they're like, okay, well, I'm making just enough money or a little bit under that, um, but I'm doing all these things and I'm overwhelmed and I, I, I think I should maybe get some help, but I don't think I can afford it yet. <laughs> yeah, what I usually say to people, because I had all the same fears, is what is your hourly rate right now? Like what is your time worth? And most people say, oh, I could probably charge out at, let's say, $40 an hour, right? So I'm like, well, then what's stopping you hiring somebody for $10 an hour to take this stuff off you that currently takes you an hour to do so you've still got $30 an hour that you can make if you put that towards the thing you do well. So that's pretty important for people who are web designers, coaches, consultants. If they get an hour back of their time, it's far more likely that they can make a lot more money with that hour doing the thing they do best and outsourcing the things they don't like to that person for less. So once, like, I feel like, once again, coming back to your one-page biz plan, getting really clear on your revenue streams, your expenses, then you can actually see, okay, I've got a little wiggle room here. I could afford to spend 100 bucks a week on a virtual assistant who can take away five to six hours of my time doing this. And with those five to six hours, I could probably earn four or $500 more, just as an example. And that's when people go, 
okay, I get it. And then it becomes addictive, as you know, Jace, and then you have all these awesome people who are super talented and they're usually more talented than you and before you know it, they're doing amazing things and they're actually showing you how to make more money and they're coming up with creative things and giving you ideas and just making everything more streamlined so you can, as we said, focus on what you love doing and also take more time off. How you just described it is exactly how it went down for me. Like now our, the people that are helping us out with uh, like our community location indie and, and even zero to travel and different things, they're, they're launching their own things and they're doing their own awesome projects. It's, it's just everybody's growing together and learning together. And it's a really cool thing, especially uh, the fact that you can, when you have your own business, like hire people that you know, you're going to get along with and enjoy working with as well. So I always recommend to people too, I don't know if this is something that you agree with. If you're just getting into it, trying something very small, you know, hiring somebody for a very inexpensive project, even if it's on Fiverr or whatever, just to like get used to what it's like to find somebody, hire them, kind of manage a project and things like that. Because project management and, and managing people and getting them going in the right direction is certainly a skill I think that you need to learn as well. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. And I actually uh, just put that in my freedom plan program as, as a project manager or an online business manager, because a lot of people I think also find that they don't like managing people. And unfortunately, as you build a team, this is down the track, right? But some people just want to run away from that. They're like, Oh, I hate all the details and everybody asking me questions. So part of that is systems. And part of that is building in smart processes and really good um, processes for them to use, but also sometimes it's just having somebody to hand that off and go, you know what, you project manage this, I'll just do my awesome things over here. Awesome. And let's recap these really quick. Uh, we had the, the perfect day exercise and kind of creating your vision. The second strategy was the one-page business plan, and we're going to leave a link in the show notes to grab that. And then three and four were kind of this idea of, okay, you can create a product even if you don't have an email list, and then you can sell it and automate it by creating a sales funnel. So those were kind of together. And then we had the last tip, which is outsourcing. And of course, these are deep topics in and of themselves. But if you're further along, we just at least wanted to get some of these things on your radar. And if, and I think, you know, with the one-page business plan, especially, Natalie, that's something you can do anytime. I do this at least once or twice a year. You're, you're almost... Because your business is always changing, right? So you kind of have to see how things are going and reestablish things. And sometimes you, you might have a, a stream of income that didn't exist before. And you say, oh, this is going well. Maybe I should double down on this. You know, So you have to kind of reassess. So I think a lot of these things are things that, you know, it's not just you do one time. I mean, this list is something that you can go to, you know, multiple times through the year, or at least pieces of it. Exactly. 100%. And yeah, we've maybe simplified it down for people who are a bit more advanced. You probably already know some of this. And so now it's like, oh, how can you scale? How can you upgrade? How can you always be learning and implementing? Yeah. I, so I think the challenge to those people would be try one of these things. You know, just pick one of these things and try it and see how it goes. And, and if you, you like where it goes and try the next thing or, or try one of the things with one of your products, try a sales funnel with one product or something like that to just give you some actionable takeaway from this. You wrote a book again, Natalie. How was that <laughs> process? That's that's a little brutal, huh? This one was so much different to the first one, which I like crammed into sort of four to five months. This one's been two and a bit years of birthing. Um, yeah, for a variety of reasons. I think a lot of people come to books, they write them and then they come back to them and they change their mind or they edit. And I'm really proud of this book now, but it has definitely been a labor of love. 
Yeah, do you feel like uh, that sort of feeling, all right, I have this is everything I need to say about this. Now it's out there. <laughs> I think you always think there's more that you can put in, but there's only so much book can contain before you've, you know, you've written an encyclopedia. And that's <laughs> not the point. It's like, how do we make this bite-sized, useful, implementable, actionable right now and something that people can keep referring back to all the time? Has your definition of what freedom means to you changed over the years? Yeah, I think so. It's, at the end of the day, it's still about choice for me. So my ability to be able to choose what I want to do when I want to do it with who. Um, so that is still very, very strong. But I think I'm starting to see more and more how discipline equals freedom and constraints can give you more freedom, which may sound really odd to people. But if you do set up constraints, you have more freedom within those constraints. When you have absolute total freedom it can actually be debilitating and i think we've talked about this before so even just being on our beautiful lifestyle property in new zealand there are some constraints like we have gorgeous puppies so we can't just drop them and go traveling for long periods but within that they bring so much joy and a different kind of freedom to exercise and adventure and explore and just live in the moment that i wouldn't have had otherwise i think that like a travel version of that an example could be you know, you have your money saved up and you can travel anywhere. And it's like, where do you go? And it becomes so overwhelming. So you're like, there's so many places I want to go. I have to pick one, which is always hard to do. Whereas if somebody just said, hey, you can only travel within Central Europe, you'd be like, okay, cool. That narrows my choices. Where do I want to go? What can I yeah, I'm a little torn on that philosophy. I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, I always want that extra freedom, you know, so I don't, I don't know. It depends on, <laughs> I guess, I don't have to think about that one. Were you, you were just in Portugal rekindling your love of surfing, weren't you? I just needed to hear about that before I let you go because so I love it. We, we, we surfed almost every single day. Um, and that was the point we went there in the middle of summer. So the winter over here and I have a little house over there. We stayed there. It was so cool, Jace, because everything was set up how I left it even though I've Airbnb'd it for the last almost two years. And I even found a bag there full of my ultimate gear. I was like, oh, we're playing an ultimate Frisbee tournament. What do I have? And I found this bag and it had a sarong, sunscreen, a Frisbee, my bikini, shorts, top, and cap. And I was like, oh, I'm set. I'm like pre-packed for my own tournament. Um, It was just brilliant. And the weather wasn't actually as brilliant as we thought, but it was just so freeing just to basically each day with the main priority was surf and then eat some really good food and then have a siesta and then do a little bit of work or do some reading and relax and socialize. It was it was wonderful. Getting up on the board again. It's a good feeling. So getting so much better. I'm trying to get there this winter. So <laughs> it's a tough sport. Toughest sport, really. I mean, I always thought surfing was so incredibly difficult and taxing not because there's there's so many factors reading the waves and the water and just getting up the whole thing anyway it's uh it's hard to what i like about it is it's hard to be thinking about anything else when you're doing it because there's too much going on so it really puts you in the moment yeah it does it's amazing and it's incredibly you well thank you for stopping by and sharing these awesome tips and you can check out Natalie's book and we'll leave all the links in the show notes as we mentioned. Always a pleasure, Natalie, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. There you have it. Always wonderful to talk to my friend, Natalie Sisson. Go to thefreedomplan.co if you want to pre-order her book and get that free course. You can also go to nataliesisson.com and get a redirect there. Either way, 
check her stuff out. She's been doing it forever. She's lived on the road for years. Now she's settled down, but she's done this and she's helped many other people grow their businesses as well. So be sure to check her stuff out. And I want to talk about having constraints, equaling more freedom and give a shout out in the second. First, quickly, thank you to our two supporters of today's show, Tortuga Backpacks. If you go to zerototravel.com slash Tortuga, enter the promo code TRAVEL when you check out if you order any of the Tortuga backpacks, packing cubes, day packs, any of the awesome stuff they have over there, you're going to get 10% off for being a Zero to Travel podcast listener. And this is my go-to backpack for traveling. I've been using the Tortuga set out around town here in Oslo, and I use the Tortuga Outbreaker on pretty much every trip that I take, whether it's a, a longer trip around Norway or shorter trips around Norway or longer trips overseas if you're taking a trip whether it's three months, three weeks, or three years, Tortuga Backpacks has you covered. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga. You'll be able to see some of my recommendations. If you grab anything, you get 10% off with that promo code TRAVEL. So don't forget to use that. If you do that, you're also supporting this show. And I thank you for that. Also want to thank Aeropress for making me delicious coffee every morning. Well, they don't make it for me. I wish somebody showed up at my door with a hot cup of coffee every day. I make it myself, but I love making it. I love the ritual. It only takes a couple minutes to make the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home. AeropressInc.com. That's where you can get this nifty little coffee maker. And when I say coffee maker, I use that term loosely because you got to see what this thing looks like. This isn't your traditional coffee maker that you plug in. It doesn't have any plugs. It's just a simple press device that makes delicious coffee. Aeropressinc.com. Check this thing out and thank you to them for supporting this show and getting the word out to travelers because this is something that's relatively small that's easy to travel with. So you can have delicious cups of coffee Anywhere you go, if you want to bring this thing with you, check it out, aeropressinc.com. Thank you once again to them. Now, let me get into this shout out. I got an email the other day from Christina. She said, hi, Jason, just listened to the last episode on your wish list destinations. As always, a good listen while driving. I'm taking a slightly different approach for my 2019 travels. I decided to set a theme and also to put into practice some of the suggestions from Jen Ruiz's podcast, and you can listen to that in the archives as a side note. Um, She said, I'll still be working my routine job, although I work to develop new medications to treat cancer, so not so routine. I decided to aim for one trip a month and center it around train trips. I do love train travel. Some will be short scenic trips near home, like the Cape Cod Railway or the Adirondack Scenic Railway. Others will be longer trips like the Coast Starlight, LA to Seattle. One that I am looking at is the Oslo to Bergen trip. And she asked if April was too early to do that. I answered her already. I said, no, it's not. As long as you have light, take the Oslo to Bergen train trip. It's one of the most epic train rides you'll ever take. I've had the pleasure of doing it and... It's not to be missed. Uh, She finishes the email just saying, keep the podcast coming. I'd love to hear more about epic or short and sweet train travel. Happy journeys. Thanks, Christina. I am taking this to heart because I love train travel as well. And I haven't really done a train-focused podcast, so I'm going to work on that for you. And these are the types of emails I love to get because I want to hear what it is that you want to hear. This is your show. As I always say, this is a community-powered show. And hey, thanks, Christina, for getting this on my radar because, yeah, train travel. Love it. Need to talk more about it. Let's talk more about it. I'll 
put that in the plans for some future episodes. And if you have any suggestions or advice, you can always drop me a line. My email is jason at zerototravel.com. Sometimes I'm slow to reply or sometimes I miss some. I'm a human being, but I do read all of them. So if you drop me a line, you can be sure that I have read your email and I thank you to everybody that has taken the time to reach out in the past or who's going to reach out here in the future. Is that you? Check in. Let me know what you're up to. Before I let you go, we got to talk about taking freedom away to create more freedom. What? That's weird. Natalie and I talked about it at the end of the show. The idea that discipline and constraints can actually create more freedom. And I find this can be very true for people who struggle with unlimited choices or unlimited options. And that can be all of us, right? When we have so many options, it can be paralyzing. Let's take the whole location-dependent business thing, for example. When people are struggling to pick something, it is very difficult to pick something. And that process can drag on, sadly, sometimes for years, and people just don't pick something and then nothing ever happens. That's not good. And I used to be that way. So I'm speaking from the heart, speaking to my past self. And how to create more freedom for yourself and create that freedom lifestyle is by just picking something and knowing, hey, once I choose something, that really makes all my other choices very clear. And that goes for travel too. If you're wanting to break out, if you're wanting to say, take a gap year or take a summer to go traveling, I always tell people, well, just book the ticket because now you've blocked out the time, now you're committed, now the rest of your choices become pretty clear because they're all going to be filtered through this trip and this whole idea that, hey, you're locked into this thing and now you have to make your decisions around that, whether it's your job or what to do with your stuff or all the things that are involved with with traveling or taking off for an extended period of time. So if you think about it, you know, locking in on something like that, say it's a three-month plane ticket to go somewhere. I remember I did this when I went to South America for three and a half months and I just booked a ticket. I think I booked the ticket for four months because that was how long they would let me do it at the time. That was how long I could legally stay there. So they wouldn't let me book a ticket longer than that. I was working at the time and I just booked the ticket and I said, hey, this is the plan. Now we have to build all of our decisions around that. So what job should I take? Shouldn't I take? Well, if they fell during that time period, I couldn't take certain contracts because it didn't fall in line with what I had blocked out. So you could say, well, hey, I was limiting my options by locking something in, but actually it was creating more freedom in my life because I didn't have to think about every decision so intensely because it was all pretty clear what I needed to do to accommodate that trip. And that's one travel example. When it comes to a business example, you have to remember if you're stuck because you can't pick something, well, picking something, you're going to learn a ton. You can always change your mind, even though I think people put a lot of pressures on themselves to to pick the perfect thing, the thing they're going to do forever. You don't have to do that. Chances are too that whatever you pick is going to morph over time and go in different directions that are totally unexpected. But you never know, just like a trip, you never know till you go on the journey. If you have been stalling about picking something for a location-independent business or some kind of service you want to offer or something, you just have to pick something so you can take away some of that freedom of choice and just lock into something so you can focus on that. 
and continue to grow as a person and get more skills as, as somebody who owns their own business um, and know that you can change that later on. And it doesn't mean you're locked into that forever, but by locking in, you're actually creating more freedom for yourself because you don't have that unlimited freedom, that paralysis by analysis that we can get stuck in. So there are some thoughts on that, things that have helped me pull through in my own personal life that I wanted to share with you and just some ideas around creating constraints or maybe some more disciplined type of actions that seem on the surface to be taking away freedoms when in actuality they might be creating more freedom for you personally. There are some thoughts on that. You can give me your feedback. Agree, disagree. I don't know. Either way, you know how to get in touch. I should mention, lastly, our community, Location Indie, locationindie.com, I-N-D-I-E. If you do need help getting some clarity or just support around running these types of businesses, you want to connect with a bunch of other travelers who are creating businesses for themselves that they can run from anywhere so they can do the travel thing. That's a very specific type of person. It's not just the person that wants to work at home, but the person that loves travel that wants to create this type of lifestyle so they have the freedom and flexibility to travel. You can check us out over there. And I also have a podcast of the same name, Location Indie. If you haven't heard that yet and you're new to the show, go check that out. Some more good stuff for your ears. And thanks again for listening to today's show. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Jim Rohn who said, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Thanks again for being here and I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 